No. No, 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 no. You just told me you were crawling over boulders. <laughs> you, you, you don't get to say, oh, I might hurt myself running on a road, <laughs> but I can crawl over boulders. This sounds perfectly fine. normal to me. Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman, and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Beef Runner Podcast. Today I have another Over a Beer episode for you. If you haven't already, go back and listen to some of our previous episodes in the series. Carrie Mess, also known as Dairy Carrie Online, in case you're not already following her, she and I sit down over a beer, or a few, in the back room of a Wisconsin bar, and we just talk about what's on our mind with a few of the hot topics going on in agriculture today. For this episode, we let the conversation go where it wants to go, and Carrie has decided she needs to deliver a running intervention to call out what she sees as a crazy running addiction. We'll let you decide who wins this conversation, as Carrie expresses her concern for my sanity, and I discuss why I love my crazy running adventures. For some reason, she doesn't think wanting to run 100 miles is normal. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear your feedback on this or future topics for the podcast. Please reach out to us. We have links in the show notes, or you can find us online as Beef Runner and Dairy Carrie. Let us know what you think about this episode on Ryan's running intervention. We are back for another Over a Beer episode. I'm Ryan Goodman. I'm Carrie Mess, and this is the Time Crunch edition because... Someone has to go pick up their kid. (laughs) Yeah, from school. (laughs) Trust me, we've not had that many beers where it is not okay for me to go do that. It's mostly me. Yeah. No, so we are here at Crawfish Junction in Milford, Wisconsin. Right. Uptown Uh, Milford. Uptown Milford, enjoying a little spotted cow. Yeah. So if you've never been to Wisconsin, you have to get a spotted cow, and it's only sold in Wisconsin. Right. There are sports teams that come here, and they load up their bus on the way out with spotted right. cow. Anybody. <laughs> that sports teams. Like, anybody who crosses the cheese curtain into our state leaves with cow. Definitely enjoy it. it. And you know what I think goes really good with beer? Or when cheese it tastes its, no, when it tastes its best, like after a long, hot run, <laughs> I really enjoy no. a nice, cold beer. Let's talk about running, <laughs> shall we? You know what? Over the last couple of years, I've really become to enjoy something is completely different with what I grew up uh, with. I grew up where, yeah, let's make the joke. Well, I'm only going to run if a cow is chasing me. That is accurate. <laughs> Why would you run that far? I don't even like to drive that far. Right. And if I had a quarter for every time, I've heard one of those jokes. So this is Over the Beer, Ryan's Running Intervention, <laughs> episode number 32-ish. 32 Something like that. I don't know. We're going to talk about running. So I don't run. Should we talk about my running first? And then you can tell me what you think. Okay. You talk about running. So it started back in grad school. Mm -hmm. So the local beer market held a 5K every Monday. So all the grad students in the animal science department, we'd go do that and we did Mexican food because they give us a free pint of beer. On a grad student budget, absolutely, I'll go for a free pint of beer. And then I moved to Montana in 2013 and ran a couple of 10Ks at 75 miles of single track dirt trails right out my backyard. So I got out there and exploring the hills, Continental Divide. Then 20, what was that, 2015, I ran my first half marathon mm-hmm. near Yellowstone. Didn't get eaten by a grizzly bear. That time. That was a win. <laughs> An internal fear. And then um, the next summer I ran a marathon 
Mm-hmm. 26.2 miles. Yeah. Almost four hours of running. Yeah. I sat down and my legs were tired. Dead. Yeah. But I have a memory problem. <laughs> Forgot the pain. The I next... really thought we were done at 26.2 miles. Well, the next summer I doubled that. Yeah. And ran 50 miles mm-hmm. in western Montana. Mm-hmm. And almost every month since then I've run an ultra marathon or longer. That's 31 miles or longer. So... This past July, I accomplished my goal after having failed it the year before of running a 100 kilometer race, 62 miles on the Continental Divide. And when he says on the Continental Divide, he means like actually on the divide, like on top of the On the divide trail. So we were above Salmon, Idaho, Mm -hmm. uh, much of about above eight or 10,000 feet. There was a couple of miles there after mile 50 where we were kind of like climbing across boulders, rocks, right. not even, not even like scree. It mm-hmm. was climb over these boulders, find the flag, go find the next one. And, uh, that's that not was even running 16 and a half hours of running aid stations running in quotation marks, because if you're climbing boulders, you're not running. There were some 30 minute miles in there. Yeah. And I, it was actually, I was at the end of that two mile stretch. I was shouting verbally, get me off this mountain. But crossing that, when I crossed my first 50 mile run finish line, and then when I crossed crossed this 100 kilometer finish line, that was the biggest sense of accomplishment I've ever had. To not only that day and that effort, but all of the training that went up to that accumulated to that moment. And especially after a DNF the year after, before. Yeah, ever, after having not been able to obtain that goal the year before, to be chasing that for two solid years, that was something. And so I can't get enough, and I've signed up for a 100-mile race in August of 2020. Yeah, so let's talk. You know, I've been your friend for eight years now, I think. Yep. And I've, so I've been through this whole ride with you. You know, I think I was at your second marathon, or yeah, when I ran Chicago Marathon. Yes. Not my second, but yeah, I ran or, Chicago or, Marathon. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago Marathon. Silas, husband, and I all went down and cheered you on. And I knew what was coming after that because you have a slightly obsessive personality when it comes to this kind of stuff. A little bit. And I don't even ask you on a Friday anymore what you're doing this weekend. I ask, where are you running this weekend, Ryan? Because it's fun. I've also asked for you to give me your Strava login so that if you end up like dead in a ditch somewhere, I can look it up and tell the police where to find the body. Yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. He refuses to do that. He also won't let me write his dating profile. Nope. <laughs> Something about boundaries. I don't know. <laughs> so, the running thing is great. Goal setting is great. But what else are we doing here like you can't just keep going in this pattern of ever increasing distance because you're going to turn into forest gump let's put this into context there are people that have like 240 mile races yeah no there are people that like run for seven days (laughs) no (laughs) I'm, i'm putting my foot down you got a peloton bike yeah i've been pushing you to try a triathlon you say you don't swim uh, in open water. 
Yeah. And I think that would actually solve all my problems because if you just drowned a little bit, <laughs> not all the way, just a little. You're kind of scared. Just a little. That would maybe set you back a little bit and you wouldn't keep pushing for ever increasing goals. So really what this is about is goal setting and what's a reasonable goal and how do you switch gears on goals? In my defense, <laughs> I could have just gone out and tried to run a hundred miler, but I have taken a year mm -hmm. and to step up to each distance. Right. I mean, granted, 26.2 miles to 50 miles is a little bit of a jump. Uh, just a bit. But I have been able to train smartly, mm -hmm. eat right, and avoid Not injury. Today. Carbs. <laughs> um, and avoid injury. Yeah. So it's been some plan to the madness. So what happens if you get injured? That sucks. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Mm. Yeah, that's how this works. Yep. No, for me, so when I'm out there running, and I understand that I hear the jokes that I'm going on right now, right. of, well, that's crazy. You're a crazy runner. But that's my outlet, right? I'm not working on the ranch every day. And that's my opportunity to go and have something to do outside of a career. You just realized that you described yourself as a border collie, right? <laughs> Maybe. Hey, there are worse things. He's a border collie in town. That's what Ryan is right and now. It's my opportunity to go and have a goal, have something to pursue. Right. And so I, and it's not the races, it's the training. It's continually pushing myself to do better. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the advocate side of me is saying, hey, you know what? These athletes all out there, they're hearing that you have to adhere to a certain diet that excludes food groups, or you have to give in to some of this fear-based marketing that we talked mm -hmm. about in the previous podcast. Yeah. And that I can be out there, and I can go out there and I can say, you have to eat steak in order to perform. You have to do all of these things in order to do well. Mm -hmm. And I could do that, but it wouldn't be as effective as me actually out there living it, mm -hmm. right? Showing that, hey, you know what? Yeah, I eat beef is my primary protein source, but I eat all foods. And you can just enjoy running. You don't have to have food guilt over being able to fuel running 50 miles a week. Right. But then also, it's the other side of it is, you know what, I travel a lot for work and that can get really exhausting, but I always pack my running shoes yeah. because then I can go and explore new cities. Yeah. Um, I took off for Thanksgiving week and I just got out and explored some of our national parks. I did that for Labor Day as well mm -hmm. and Memorial Day. And I guess any time that I get a couple of oh. days off work. Where are you going on Christmas? <laughs> um, going to run in Maui. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, all my money goes into running and my time. Right. but. To be out there when I did my 100 kilometer race, mm -hmm. um, we got up at, had to board the bus at three, took the long ride up the mountain to the Continental Divide, and we're up there, but watched from the very early beginning of dawn, mm -hmm. and we're out there with a couple hundred other people that were out there to do the same exact thing, just appreciating the entire day from the very beginning of dawn all the way to dusk. I beat the sunset mm -hmm. to the finish line, but... We were out there in the, on the Continental Divide, in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, out there because we all enjoyed it. Right. So the conversations a sense that we of had. Kinship among yeah. It's that community that's out there. Um, we were out there. Everybody that's out there at the aid station supporting us, cheering us on, having great conversations all day. And yes, we have conversations when we run. Well, because you're not like <laughs> running, running. I'm not a sprinter. Right. Um, but it takes, you've got to moderate, yeah, your pace all the way through. And so it's that whole picture. Yeah, having goals, having a plan, having something to aim and shoot for. Like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have a race on the calendar. 
because yeah. it's always something to shoot for. Is that a definition of an addict? Yep. Um, <laughs> but I think that that's, that keeps me from burning out at work. And to release. Gives me an opportunity to do something. Right. And I get that. But also, when is too much too much? Too much is too What's much. What's going to happen when, after 100 miles? You know what? Probably another 100 miler as Carrie takes a deep breath. Deep breath. <laughs> I'm going to just take a sip of my beer now. But a 100 miler I know is not something that you can sustain on a regular basis in life, unless you have the opportunity to focus on that. There's a lot of stressors that come with work and travel and that's not sustainable to do that. But you can do a 100 miler a year. Uh, you can, you know, to the, I've built up to the point where I can do a 50K in successive weekends on a regular basis. I can do 50 milers on a regular basis. Can I just ask, for those of you who are listening to this, and if you just saw this shared on Facebook or something, please, in the comments, let me know if I'm crazy to think that this is just too much and that, you know, moderation is okay and 100 miles is not moderating you're running. Moderation is good. And you know what? I practice moderation. And I mean, I eat a lot of food. But, that, but <laughs> you have to moderate other things, not just your diet. <laughs> I, I think it's something, uh, it's a pretty unique opportunity. If I was road running, yeah. I would enjoy it. Right. So explain the difference between trail running and road running for people. Okay. I had no idea that there was a difference, but now I do. Okay. So road running is what you see on TV. <laughs> I don't see magazines. road running on TV. What are the you Olympics? Talking? I don't watch the Olympics. Okay, normal people do care. <laughs> Whatever. So the Olympics are coming up here in I watch Blippi. We already discussed yeah. this. So road running is what you would see when you're in town. You see people running up and down the roads. Right. Uh, like your cross-country team. On, or I guess cross-country. No, cross-country is not. Track. So that's something else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, track, something different. Okay. Right? Whatever. So road running is going to be on pavement, concrete, bike paths, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is perfectly fine, but you're like, oh, you're going to injure your knees. Mm-hmm. Well, like, that's in situations where you're a little bit more prone to that when you have a higher impact. No. No, 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 no. You just told me you were crawling over boulders. <laughs> you, you, you don't get to say, oh, I might hurt myself running on a road, <laughs> but I can crawl over boulders. This sounds perfectly normal to me. <laughs> that's like, mountain, that's just... mountain running. Let's just bring this back to reality here. And then, so road running is going to be primarily on your paved roads, your concrete, versus trail running, we're literally out there on the dirt trails. And so that trail running is, there are a lot of, you know, shorter distances, 5Ks to half marathons, um, where I kind of go as an ultra marathon, so ultra trail running. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are going to be uh, some marathons, half marathons kind of mixed in. An ultra marathon is anything longer than 26.2 miles. So the official kind of starting distance of that is a 50k or 31.1 miles. Then it goes up to 50 miles, 100 kilometers or 62 miles, and 100 miles, 200 or 240. I'm shaking my head at him right now. I thought, I will say this. I see you do it, and even I, who hates running, will not run. Like, I've, I've thought, like, maybe I could try a 5K or something. And then I realized that really, basically, what I would sign up for is the .5K that they have in Madison that is between two bars that are two blocks away from each other. Like, that. that's really, like... Beer to celebrate. It. Yeah. So it is inspiring to watch you reach your goals, even if they seem ridiculous to me. Absolutely ridiculous. I just want to hammer that part home that I think they're ridiculous and crazy 
but it's really cool to watch you achieve and that. It's, and, and nobody has to approve of your goals, right? Even, right. even your, your best friend's sister. You know, I think there's a lot right. and a lot of structure that goes to that. Right. Um, when I'm in the depths of a training cycle, I have to be structured, not only at home, but at work as well. And right. I'm a more productive person when I am training. And so this is going back to the Border Collie thing, really. You're, you're just a Border Collie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> If that works. And there's a lot of planning that not only goes in that training, but like race days, number of calories I'm going to get in, between aid stations, and what type of calories. What am I going to do do when my stomach gets upset and I throw up and... At the end of the Chicago Marathon, when you're talking to a really nice dairy farmer who was also running, not me, somebody else, and you have to stop to puke and then you have It was warm, I drank too much water, I got it out of my stomach, and then I wanted my beer. Right. With trail running comes a lot of... It's okay. So that begs the question, are you going to join me for my 100-mile race in Custer, South Dakota in August of 2020? I have already looked at flights. So, so you're enabling me. Supporting. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like it, but I also appreciate that this is your thing, and I don't have to love what you do in order to support you. That works. That seems like a good place to end this conversation. <laughs> I think I need to finish my beer, finish these cheese yeah. curds. And then we gotta go get the kid. Well, I need to go run a few miles first. So. That too. Alright. Alright, definitely enjoyed this. I'll see you on my next miles. Yeah, great. <laughs> Hey guys, just a quick note. Hope you enjoyed that episode and the conversation that Carrie and I had. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments or maybe suggestions for a future podcast episode. Look us up online, Beef Runner and Dairy Carrie, and be sure to subscribe and share to the podcast. We'll catch you next time.